Good morning, podcast family, or good afternoon, or good evening, good whatever time of day you might be listening to this. Timeless Podcast, episode 13. I have got a book review for you guys today. Uh, Those always usually take longer than... I think they will, so we'll just get right to it. Uh, The book, our timeless book of the week is Rules for a Night by Ethan Hawke. Yes, it is Ethan Hawke, the actor. Uh, I believe this is another one I found from uh, Ryan Holiday's book newsletter, and it has got a lot of gems in it. It's very short. It's uh, it's only about it's a small book. It's only about a hundred and sixty so pages. Um, so real quick read. It's real easy. You know you can go through it in probably one sitting. But there's a lot of gems in this book. Lots of good nuggets of wisdom. And so what it is, is a reconstruction and kind of translation of a letter that was found, it says, at uh, one of family residence of of uh, an Ethan Hawke's family. And so it's um it's kind of a reconstruction and a translation of a, a letter that was written um the premise is basically there's a a knight who I guess Ethan Hawke is of lineage of um writes a letter to his children kind of a, you know, all the wisdom that he's accrued and learned over his life. Uh, he writes in this letter before he goes off to battle, just in case he never returns. So lot of, uh, you know, kind of a how-to guide, if you will, for his kids on their, as they embark on their life's journey. So how much of it is real or real translation or what, what, you know, we're not sure. I don't even think. And he says in the intro that he's not sure, but, uh, either way, there's lots of good stuff in here. So we will just get right to it. So the first chapter, this is called, uh, And the first kind of principle is solitude. But then the story, this is the story. All right, so he says, One time, on a sweltering August night, Grandfather and I made camp down by the ocean. He said, While I teach you the ways of war, I want you to know that the real struggle is between the two wolves that live inside each of us. Two wolves, I asked, seated on an old log near the fire. My eyes were transfixed by the flames twisting uncomfortably in the night air. 
One wolf is evil, he continued. It is anger, envy, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, deceit, and false pride. He paused, poking the embers of our fire with a long stick he'd been carving. The other is good. It is joy, love, hope, serenity, humility, loving-kindness, forgiveness, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, faith. I considered that for a minute, then tentatively asked, which wolf will win? Sparks danced towards the stars as the old man stared into the glare of the flames and replied, whichever one you feed. So that's kind of a, you know, an illustration of, of positive self-talk. Um, if you guys have ever heard or listened to Mark Devine from Seal Fit, he talks about that, the, the fear wolf and the courage wolf and how it's important to feed the courage wolf. Feed it with positive self-talk, self-image, having humility, all those kinds of things. So that's, that's your, your, your good wolf, your courage wolf, your positive wolf, whichever, whichever one, whatever name you want to add to it. There's the, you know, the evil wolf, the fear wolf, and then the good wolf. And the one that wins is the one you feed. So and that's with, you know, all the reading positive books, listening to positive messages, uh, taking your personal development seriously, all that kind of stuff. That's, that's feeding, the, uh, feeding the courage wolf or the positive wolf, the good wolf. So make sure you feed the good one. The, the way to kill the, the bad wolf is by starving it, so don't feed it. All right, next is... Humility. Never announce that you are a knight. Simply behave as one. You are better than no one, and no one is better than you. Without the blacksmith, the knight's sword would splinter into shards. Without the carpenter, a lady's wagon would collapse. Without the mason, the castle would crumble. Without the seamstress, the king would ride to church naked as a fool. All living things rely on each other. If there were no earthworms, the soil would be depleted, grow no food, and we would die. Understanding that he relies on all that surrounds him, a knight is kind above all. He knows he will need many friends. Proper manners are not trivial. Being polite is part of our daily meditation on the equality of mankind. A knight says, please and thank you. He never charges into battle alone. His kindness, compassion, and humility serve as his banners that many may rally around. For grandfather, humility was the essential element to a magnificent life. Humility is the ability to see yourself in the context of a much larger world. The stars are magnificent. They are always there whether you see them or not. Aspire to be like the soil after the March rains, wet, open, and receptive. Be humble or get humbled, grandfather would say. A knight is never so arrogant as to think he has nothing left to learn. He loved talking to me while we would ride horseback on one of his favorite errands, almost teaching himself as he was teaching me. When people speak, listen. This was a point he would consistently stress. As much as you like to be heard and understood, so does everyone else. So that's, uh, yeah, be humble. You know, it's, that's the way to, to grow, to improve yourself, <clears throat> to work well with other people, to be 
to be good at something, you know, you you have to have confidence, but you have to be humble. You know, you're not going to improve without humility. It's I can't remember who it was attributed to, but uh the the quote goes something like, you know, it's hard to learn what you think you already know. So understand, you know, you don't know everything. You're going to need some help uh, along the way. So be humble and get after it. Be good. All right, next one is uh, gratitude. The only intelligent response to the ongoing gift of life is gratitude. For all that has been, a knight says, thank you. For all that is to come, a knight says, yes. So that's, we talked about gratitude in the past. We did an episode on it. Uh, very important, obviously. Um, you know, be grateful for all the things you have. Be excited about all the things that are to come. All right. Next, pride. Never pretend you are not a knight or attempt to diminish yourself because you deem it will make others more comfortable. We show others the most respect by offering the best of ourselves. Now, that's not the same thing. So, and he goes on to explain this, that pride is not the same as arrogance. We talked about having humility, and humility is very important. And having pride in who you are and and what you do and what you've done is... uh, is important as well. So he says, arrogance is born of insecurity. Pride is different. It is born of dignity, self-worth, and self-respect. We all see the world through the prism of our identity. If our self-worth is low, it affects everything we do. The point of life is to contribute to others, but without a certain self-regard. It is sometimes difficult to make breakfast. A knight takes pride in his handwriting. He keeps careful track of his saddle, his boots, and his weapons. He cleans and cares for his tools, animals, and his person. He carries his own bags. The laces of his boots are strapped tight. Always prompt, a knight is not casual with the time of others. There is no dirt in heaven, and we are here to make the earth as much like heaven as we can. A knight is the best kind of servant. He leads or, excuse me, leaving every space he enters brighter and cleaner than when he arrived. His surroundings reflect his state of mind. Constant awareness of even the smallest detail trains your mind to be observant and conscientious. A knight knows where he keeps his flint box. When he pulls it from his pocket, the cotton inside is dry. A knight does not need to be told how many arrows are left in his quiver. Responsibility, awareness, and self-knowledge are his allies. Forgetfulness is his enemy. His mind is not in the future. He is fully engaged in what he is doing. So he's talking about, you know, taking pride in what you do, being proud of what you've done. Not proud, not arrogant. They're not the same thing. He says, be proud, not arrogant. Back straight, head high. Stand like you deserve to be here. And that's part of you know, feeding, taking pride in what you do and having pride in what you do is that's part of feeding the, uh, that's feeding the good wolf, right? That's helping the good wolf win. All right. Next. 
skipping ahead a couple chapters here. Generosity. You were born owning nothing, and with nothing you will pass out of this life. Be frugal and you can be generous. All right. There have always been two ways to be rich, by accumulating vast sums or by needing very little. Possessions can be, and most often are, a distraction from the real work of a knight's life. A lion doesn't own anything at all, yet we all know his power. I love that line. One of my favorite lines from the book. All right, back to the passage. Uh, if a knight has amassed personal wealth, he does not weigh his spirit down with trunks of gold. Give freely and easily to all allies in the struggle for a just world where no child goes uneducated or unfed, where the health of everyone is responsibly cared for, and where ideas are openly and richly expressed. Give aid to all who are working towards vigorous stewardship of our land, waters, and animals. Do not waste money on extravagances. A knight knows there are too many who are suffering to take pleasure in being frivolous. If a knight finds himself without a full purse, he does not overly concern himself with this either. The quality of a lady's character determines her worth, not the coins in her purse or the price of her garments. The, the peregrine falcon is the swiftest, most adept animal I have ever seen. It is worth noting that, like many birds, the falcon's bones are hollow. Travel light. So... A I, I'm going to re repeat this again because I like it so much. A lion doesn't own anything at all, yet we all know his power. So that's more of it, you know, not, not putting on airs, as they say, or putting on a show or putting on a front or a facade. You know, your, your possessions, your what you have, your things, your wealth, doesn't define who you are. You know, how you carry yourself does. How you, your character determines your worth, not the coins in your purse, is what they say. So, you know, and that's kind of, you know, linking back to the other things we've read, we were talked about in this book is, you know, positive self-talk and, uh, what we talked about just before, pride, taking pride, that's those are the things that contribute to your your power, your personal power. So be like a lion. All right, next. Discipline. In the field of battle, as in all things, you will perform as you practice. So practice hard. With practice, you build the road to accomplish your goals. Excellence lives in attention to detail. Give your all, all the time. Don't save anything for the walk home. The better a knight prepares, the less willing he will be to surrender. So... That's the, you know, I've heard some uh, UFC guys, boxers, martial arts fighters say, you know, train hard, fight easy. That's, that's kind of what, 
uh, what's illustrated there in that last passage. So, you know, you 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 practice like you play. I'm sure anyone who's anyone who's played a sport at any level, or I would assume, you know, if you've done a band in high school, some kind of organized music, or, or any kind of organized activity, I'm sure you've had a coach or an instructor say, you know, you practice like you play, so practice hard. So that's what he's saying there. You know, practices building the uh, building the road to accomplish your goals. So train hard, fight easy. All right, back to the book. Your sword should be sharp, balanced, and neither too heavy nor too light. So that's that's the uh, attention to detail that he's talking about in the uh, in the uh, discipline passage there. Excellence lives in attention to detail. Your foot should slide easily into your stirrup, be the first to arrive and the last to leave. Oddly, with discipline, structure, and order, you will find there is freedom. Inside this kind of freedom, anything is possible. Without it, locating your saddle may take all morning. Often we imagine that we will work hard until we arrive at some distant goal, and then we will be happy. This is a delusion. Happiness is the result of a life lived with purpose. Happiness is not an objective. It is the moment of life itself, a process and an activity. It arises from curiosity and discovery. Seek pleasure and you will quickly discover the shortest path to suffering. So this is this kind of this plays well with what we talked about last week, which was internal versus external motivation. That's kind of what he's talking about here. And this is uh this whole passage right now is, I mean, plays, this, this is defining uh, internal motivation as well, as well as I've seen, without doing it directly. But, you know, hap it's talking about happiness not being an, object an objective, it's a, it's a process. You know, that's, that's, and I talked about last week, loving the process, that's, that's internal motivation. That should just be enough to, to get you out of bed every day. Okay. Other, back to the book. Other people, friends, brothers, sisters, neighbors, spouses, even your mother and I are not responsible for your happiness. Your life is your responsibility. And you always have the choice to do your best. Doing your best will bring happiness. Do not be over-concerned with avoiding pain or seeking pleasure if you are concentrating on the results of your actions, you are not dedicated to your task. Grandfather did not live 10 or 20 years ago. He lived in the present, just as you do now. Be enthusiastic or be gone, he would shout. Be gentle and you can be bold. You are not fragile. Engage. Being timid is often the result of being too self-critical and too self-concerned. A knight does not stop at each victory. He pushes on to risk a more significant failure. Grandfather used to say, there are only two things worth hating, an easy life and too much success. Beware of needing or wanting too much praise. Believe in yourself. Discipline, preparation, and experience are the only tools you need. And we all have that inside of us. So that was, you know, like I told last week, what you have inside of you is enough. Discipline, preparation, experience, you all have that.
All right, last passage from this section. Be resolute in your beliefs, my children. Your friendship cannot be bought. Be cautious when anyone, even family, has too extreme an expectation from your behavior. Under the guise of love or loyalty, people can use guilt or fear to manipulate. A healthy conscience should be used like an internal compass. It is yours, not an instrument for others to play. Friends and family may at times ask you to be weak. They may even beg you. But all anyone really wants is for you to be strong. Okay. All right, next passage, next section. Dedication. Ordinary effort, ordinary result. Take steps each day to better follow these rules. Luck is the residue of design. Be steadfast. The anvil outlasts the hammer. So that plays right off of, uh, of discipline. You know, train, uh, we say train hard, fight easy. You know, you do just the opposite. Train easy, fight hard. You give an ordinary effort, you get an ordinary result. Extraordinary effort, extraordinary result. Back to the book. Everyone wants to be a knight. Wanting is no great accomplishment. How hard you work is the difference between good and great. Promising and masterful, squire and knight. To attain great wisdom, a knight knows he must live a long time. He remembers that his body is not his. It is not a gift from his ancestors. Therefore... He does not poison his roots with intoxicants. He eats to live and does not live to eat. He keeps his teeth and hands clean. His body and mind are kept sharp with daily exercise and contemplation. A knight steadies his nerves by getting enough sleep, but not too much. When his family and friends need him, a knight is at the ready. Remember, Noah had to build the ark before the flood. Likewise, you must not wait for the inevitable storms of life before you ready your mind. Thought precedes action. How we handle times of peace and calm will determine our behavior in, a, in moments of crisis. So that's good. So that, that's why we read these things. That's why we cultivate a strong mind, a strong body, a strong spirit in hopes that you don't have to dig that deep. But if you do, if, when, so that when the shit hits the fan... You're ready. Build the ark before the flood. So that's, you know, taking your personal development seriously, reading powerful books, watching powerful videos, surrounding yourself with strong, powerful people. That's, that's what does this, right? Make, that's what, uh, you're building up your arsenal, if you will, your mental arsenal, so that when the shit does hit the fan, you're ready to go. But you got to have it before things go wrong. Otherwise, you won't be able to draw on it when things do. All right, back to the book. I often think of the great siege of the ancient city of Kal. The invading soldiers positioned themselves in vast numbers outside the stone perimeter for six weeks. They tried to starve the people before charging in to attack and plunder what they hoped would, by then, be a depleted, malnourished military force. Instead, when the assault began, the attackers found the streets and homes empty of people and treasure. 
In previous years, the Knights of Kal had built underground tunnels reaching far into the outlying forests. So when the barbarous invaders surrounded the city, the entire population of Kal quietly, safely, and methodically escaped with all the ch their children and possessions. Prepare. So that's, uh, you know, dedication, preparation, um, building, the, building the ark before the flood, you know, prefer, you know, teams just, you know, in football or baseball, basketball, whatever the sport is, you don't just do nothing in between games. You practice, you prepare for the next game. You're preparing before so you can have an extraordinary effort and an extraordinary result. John Wooden said, uh, failure to, or failing to prepare is preparing to fail. I don't know if he originated that. Someone else may have said that too, but that's that's who I heard it attributed to. And uh, that's kind of just what we're talking about there. So prepare. Prepare, give an extraordinary effort, and you'll be good to go. All right, next section. Speech. Do not speak ill of others. A knight does not spread news that he does not know to be certain or condemn things that he does not understand. I think our, there are a lot of people out there, especially in the news media, on all sides of the political spectrum who need to hear that. So we don't have to hear hashtag fake news anymore. Uh just kidding. But in all seriousness, that's a good thing to keep in mind. A knight does not spread news that he does not know to be certain or condemn things that he does not understand. So, you know, before you speak out on something, do your, you know, that's kind of like doing your due diligence. Don't condemn things you don't understand. You know, make sure that you're right. And not just, it doesn't matter if you're first, it matters if you're right. So, do your research. Don't condemn things. Try to get, gain an understanding of something or some situation before you, before you condemn it. Okay. Back to the book. Gossip and an idle tongue are the enemies of friendship. Be careful, too, with exaggeration. A knight does not say that he loves his new scabbard or that he hates himself. He knows words have meaning and does not misuse them. Disparaging yourself in order to rouse compassion in others is not humility. A lady remembers to breathe as she speaks. The words of her mouth and the meditations of her heart carry a lady's actions, just as her horse carries her body. A knight does not whine. He concerns himself with effecting change not burdening the world with his grievances. Grandfather and I once rode through the high hills near the southern coast of Cornwall toward Zenor Castle. We traveled far and were tired. The castle gates are set high atop rocky cliffs. As we climbed the steep slope, the sun began to set over the brooding landscape. I remember announcing, Oh my, oh my, look at the sun. It is unspeakably ravishing. Grandfather nodded in agreement. We continued on 
and the higher we went the more splendid was the sunset i continued my praise grandfather see how the sun is simply radiant look at the reds the streaks of burnt yellow isn't it wonderful grandfather simply nodded hunched over his horse when we arrived at the gates the sun had gone down and it was full night i asked grandfather didn't you think the sunset was glorious why didn't you say anything the sun was speaking for itself, the old knight replied. Grandfather, I whispered, what could possibly be wrong with observing, taking note and commenting on how beautiful the world is? There was a long silence, and I wondered where, if the old man had fallen asleep. Suddenly his voice, clear as the moonlight, spoke. When we go fishing, what is the purpose of the bait? to catch the fish. And what is the point of a rabbit snare? To catch rabbits? Of course. And where is the bait when the fish is caught? Where is the snare when we have the rabbit? I was not sure of the correct answer, but tried simply. Forgotten? Exactly. And the purpose of words is to convey ideas, right? Where are the words when the idea is grasped? Forgotten, I asked. Exactly, he said. Now where can we find a man who has forgotten words? That is a man... I should speak with. So that, you know, kind of a being simple with your speech. I mean, that's kind of, this is kind of the idea of, you know, once, once the moment passes, it's gone, you know, be present, but then move on. Uh, and which uh, Marcus Aurelius talked a lot about, you know, saying, and I'm, I'm not going to get the exact quote right, but, you know, basically all the, all the people you admired, you know, who are uh, the old kings, the, the famous the famous people, the people you admired, the old kings... What happened to them? They're gone, and soon you will be too. So kind of a similar, not exactly the same, but kind of a similar similar idea. All right, next section. So this is faith. He says, sometimes to understand more, you need to know less. As your father, I was present in each of your births, and I can attest there is stuff of magic in each of you. Whatever well our lives are drawn from, it is deep, wild, mysterious, and unknowable. I am not in control of it, and neither are you. In fact, we are in control of very little outside of how we choose to handle each situation that presents itself. Don't forget that there are some things that are so beautiful, so exquisite, that they should not be talked about. They can only be experienced. Discovering, touching, feeling... That which cannot be talked about is a splendid mission of every knight and lady. We find what we seek in this world, so be careful for what you wish. Never make a big decision without first walking a mile. When in doubt, the golden rule is always there for you. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Trust the people whom you respect, whom you love, and who you love. But in matters of great importance, trust your own gut. Don't be fooled and don't be hurried. There is plenty of time 
to make mistakes. Why am I alive? Where was I before I was born? What will happen to me when I die? Why should I follow these rules? Ask the tough questions. Read how your elders have answered the same questions. Our ancestors were not fools. You did not create the mountains, the oceans, the sun or the rain. You did not even create yourself. So you can loosen your shoulders. The responsibility of the world does not rest on your back alone. Beware of becoming too zealous about anything. People are often talking about a man so holy he can walk on hot coals, or a woman whose prayers are so divinely powerful she can dance on water. For me, walking on earth has been miracle enough. So there's a lot of good, uh, powerful words in that passage. Um, sorry, I just lost my place. Uh, you know, the, let's see, where was the, let me go back a couple sentences here. In fact, we are in control of very little outside how we, of how we choose to handle each situation that presents itself. So that's kind of, you know, with, uh, goes back to what we talked about with Viktor Frankl. We choose our own attitude. We choose our own way. Uh, and then I think, too, so, see, all these things are connected. They all, all the things we talk about, they're all. So, clearly, I didn't make any of this up. This has all been talked about many times before, but uh, it's interesting to see how a lot of the stuff we read connects to, to the other things we talked about. Anyway, so you did not create the mountains, the oceans, or the sun, or the rain. You didn't even create yourself. So, relax. You know, have fun. Just appreciate. And he says, for me, walking on the earth has been miracle enough. So just, you know, appreciate just being alive. This the incredible world that we live in. It's a big world out there. You know, experience as much of it as you can. See as much as you can. But just enjoy yourself. Don't get too stressed out about work, life, whatever. Enjoy yourself. Work hard. But just understand. Just being. Being who you are. Being on earth. Walking is a miracle in and of itself. So enjoy it. Have some fun. All right. Last, this is the last one section that I've marked off. Uh, the whole book is good, but these are just my favorite passages. So, last one. Okay. Love. Love is the end goal. It is the music of our lives. There is no obstacle that enough love cannot move. The magnificent knights and ladies of this world have been great leaders and warriors, but also healers. They fight with love, lead with love, and heal with love. This does not mean they skirt or evade confrontation. Sometimes you must fight for your beliefs. Confrontation is always preferable to dishonesty or injustice. 
A knight is never goaded into battle, but enters the fray with a lucid mind, free from fear, anger, or vengeance. In this way, he can be sure that the options of peaceful resolution have been exhausted, as well as a better position, as well as better position himself for victory. If you are unable to control your anger, keep your distance and your mouth shut until you can. It is easy to intimidate or to make others feel small or afraid. This is not a strength. A great knight or lady uses power to empower others. Do the good you have the power to do. Protect the young, watch your siblings' backs, and care for the elderly. You will find no better use of your time. Be careful not to draw the circle of your family too small. There is no finite amount of love. In courtship, honesty is the first requisite. To achieve honesty, a knight must first be intimate with his own soul. This is difficult and takes time. Just as we all have secret thoughts and concerns inside ourselves, which we would share only with the person we value, respect, and trust, so too is it with the body. There are secret places that we need not share, which need not be shared. A knight is never in a hurry. He is careful with his heart and the hearts of others. Beware of feigning affection. It is never necessary. Show others the most respect by being truthful, not by trying to please them. Know that love is more than a word. It is an action. Do not make the common mistake of confusing love with desire or obsession. Be suspicious of too much passion. It can turn love into a kind of malady that is as destructive as too much wine. To love is to bring well-being to the object of our affection. Love is responsible, safe, it has care in it. So, let's see. Some good stuff there in that passage. Good stuff throughout this whole book, really. But, you know, using your, your power to empower others. Do the good you have the power to do. You know, protect others. Um, there is no finite amount of love. So that's, that's a good thing. So, you know, love is... That's kind of one of those, those things, again, connect it back. I like connecting it, connecting these things back to other stuff we've talked about. That uh, uh, Mr. Rogers, in that... Uh, little bit that I talked about him where he said, you know, be, be concerned with things you cannot see. That's, you know, that's kind of where love falls in and there is no finite amount of it. You can give as much as you want and that's powerful. You know, lo love is the opposite of fear. It's the opposite, obviously the opposite of hate, but you know, if you put lots of love into towards others, love into what you do, you're going to be good, right? You'll, you'll live a, if you love yourself, if you love the people around you, if you love what you do, I mean, what, what more could you really ask for? And to, to living uh, a good and powerful life. And, uh, you know, and I like that, you know, I like that passage of,
sorry, I closed the book and took my sticky note out, so I had to go find it again. So, uh, let's see. I'm just going to close with this. So, it is easy to intimidate or to make others feel small or afraid. This is not strength. A great knight or lady uses power to empower others. Do the good you have the power to do. So don't tear other people down. Don't judge others. Empower other people. Be strong yourself. Help make help other people become strong. And just imagine the network, the world you can create <clears throat> when you do that. It'll be powerful beyond, I think, what any of us could even imagine. So uh, that is it. Those are my favorite passages from Rules for a Night. Uh, Short, quick, easy read, but a lot of good gems and little nuggets of inspiration and information. Uh, good rules to live by, uh, whether you're an adult, a kid, whoever. There's a lot of good stuff in this book, so I encourage you to go out and pick it up. I think it will be worth your while. There's a lot of good stuff in here, so... That is all I got for you for this episode, this week. Thank you so much to everybody for listening. Uh, take the tools, take the things you learn in here, put them into practice, and create the best possible version of yourself. That's what I'm trying to do here. That's what I hope I can do for everybody because I've had a lot of people help me do it. And I want to help you guys do that too. So, all right, enough of that. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss anything, any of the updates. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss out. Don't be that guy that misses out. Hit subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, so you know when the new ones come in. Leave a review. If you like it, that would be much appreciated. I'd love to hear any feedback you guys might have, whether leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play, or you can hit me up on Instagram. I am at Reed underscore Ebersole, R-E-I-D underscore E-B. E-R-S-O-L-E. Hit me up. Thank you to everybody for listening. I love you guys. Have a great week. Kick ass, take names, and we will talk to you next time.